Thank you, Michael. Have a seat. Um, a couple things to, to note before we, we jump into what we're going to our text this morning. Number one, Thanksgiving festival tonight, 5 p.m. This is one of my favorite times of the year, and it's not because of the food. It's maybe a little bit, maybe, maybe a little bit. But it's just a tremendous time of, of fellowship of, of us just being together. There's going to be a, a short devotional that we'll do during that time. But it's just a, a great time of celebration. And so that's, a, that's this evening, 5 p.m. If you don't know what to bring, you can talk with Sylvia Crooks, my wife. She's, she'll be floating around uh, in the back, and she can give you an idea of something to bring. But it's a, just a fantastic, uh, wonderful time together. And also, I mentioned last uh, Sunday that we've talked very little about this and haven't for quite a while, but uh, the, um, the church our size is, is getting to a point where we're looking for, for an additional minister and what does that look like. And so we're going to be talking about that more specifically on Wednesday night. It's a format where we can talk, and, and going through the book of Acts is a great place to be able to talk and, and walk through some of that. Uh, that's what we've been doing on Wednesday night, walking through the book of Acts, which is the story of what happens after Luke, after Jesus goes to be with God, and what, what are we supposed to do about it? And what you see is, is God's people just continually to expand into the communities around and continue to share the message of Jesus. And so regarding um, additional staff and some of that question, it's, it's hard. We'll, we'll talk more about it here at some point. But there's, uh, on Wednesday night, we're going to have some more discussion um, and, and walk through some of that. And so that's, uh, everybody's welcome to, to participate there as well. Um, all right, jumping in. I know that uh, for for a while, and I realize that I've gotten out of the habit here the last while, but I had a habit for a long time, uh, when I was very young especially, is when I saw someone that I, I saw, I thought was successful or was good at what they did, what I, I asked them a couple of questions. If you could tell a young person one thing that would be important for, for making good decisions in life and doing well, what would that one thing be? And number two... What is your what does a day in the life of you look like? Because I was trying to figure out, okay, do successful people always get up early, which I found is not the case. And and what is what do routines look like? And those routines were varied as the people. And it wasn't as much as the routine as much as about that one thing that they thought thought was really, really important in life. And so when we get into Luke chapter four, towards the end of the chapter here, we're gonna look at a day in the life of Jesus. What did Jesus do? to fill up his days. He's wandering around, he's teaching, he's doing all this stuff. But what types of things did he do? In the last weeks, we know that when he started his ministry, the Spirit led him out into the, in the desert, he was tempted, and then two hard things, being tempted and tested in the desert, and then going to his home community, his home synagogue, and they rejected him when he talked about bringing the Gentiles into God's kingdom. They said, no way, get out of here. You know, we thought you were cute until you said that. Now we're going to throw you off a cliff. We're not okay with this. It's not, it's not good. And life changes uh, for, uh, with Jesus and the relationship with, with his people because they just were not okay with, with um, not respecting him wanting to bring Gentiles into the community of God. And so here we come right off the tails of those two big stories into a day in the life of Jesus. And I'll read through this and then we'll walk through it. Starting in verse 31. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath he taught the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his words had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. 
Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What words these are! With authority and power he gives orders to impure spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sicknesses, and laying his hands on each one of them, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of the many people, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So here we have it, a day in the life of Jesus. And as I spent some time walking through this, there's a whole lot of things that happen in these verses that we're not going to talk about. We're going to come back and get later. Because there's like, for example, you see a couple of times or these, these demons will come out and Jesus says, don't, don't tell anybody who I am. We know you're the Holy One of God. Shh, don't, don't say it. Why on earth would he do that? Okay, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll probably leave the healing your mother-in-law, Peter's mother-in-law jokes, you know, all those mother-in-law jokes that come out of that story. We'll leave that alone for today. But we're just going to look at Big picture here, what happened here in the life of Jesus, that in the day in the life of Jesus, that we can learn and grow from. And a lot of these things we're going to pick up along the way as we get into Luke. First thing that comes to, to light when we talk about the day in the life of Jesus is that he taught, and he taught with authority. Wherever Jesus went, he goes into the synagogues, he teaches, and people are listening to what he has to say because he's teaching with authority or teaching with conviction is, is another way of saying that as well. Is that when the things that are coming out of Jesus' mouth are things that it's very evident that they matter very, very deeply, the things that he's talking about. And so as people are listening and, and, and hearing this, they're impressed because it, he has conviction. But not only that, he's teaching as, as there's something more to this. And this is not what they're hearing from the religious leaders. It's not from what they're hearing from, from people that are, that are supposed to be in the know. But it they're hearing something that matters for them, that changes them, and it gives them hope, and it gives them excitement for the future. And so we see Jesus doing this continually. You see him teaching. We see him going around and healing people. And we see a summary statement there in Luke of there's people are coming from all over the place, and Jesus is healing them. And that's something that Jesus did. It seems day in, day out. He went out throughout his life, and these are things that, that he did. He taught people, and he healed people. And we're going to talk a whole lot more about teachings of Jesus, specifically in healings as we go on. But you notice, these two things right there, if we go around, if Jesus would have gone around, and he taught, and he healed, and he taught, and he healed, and he taught, and he healed, I have to ask myself, what would have happened eventually if that's what you do continually, you teach, you heal, you give, 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 give. You see where this is going? Have you ever been in a spot in life where you give, 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 and you get nothing to fill you up where you end up? And you see this throughout the book of Luke as well. As Jesus, it says, withdrew to lonely places. And this comes up over and over again. And so as, as wonderful, as, as powerful as Jesus was being the Son of God, he taught and he healed people continually, but he had these times where he withdrew to these lonely places, to these solitary places by himself, sometimes with a couple of his disciples. 
And we see from Luke that sometimes he used that time to pray. Sometimes, who knows what he was doing during that time. But they were times that he filled himself up. Hey, let's let's talk about a few examples that we can think of uh, in our world that that help illustrate this point. If I get in my truck and I leave here and I decide I'm going to drive to Seattle and I'm going to go and I'm not going to stop, and I'm going to, I'm going to go until I get there. Um, Toyota Tundras don't have the best gas mileage, and so I'm going to get somewhere along the line, and if I don't stop, what's going to happen? I'm going to walk. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm going to be hitchhiking because I have run out of gas. And so if, if I step out of my truck, and I get upset at my truck because my truck didn't get all the way there, you're going to look at me like, oh, Chris, you got to figure out what's going on here, man, because you've got to put gas in your truck. You cannot just drive it without refilling it. You see the, the illustration there? Or if um, being hunting season, you go out and say, I'm going, to, I'm going to hunt all day, and I'm not going to bring any food with me. I'm just going to go all day. Somewhere, depending on your metabolism and, and what you're doing, some point in the day, what's going to happen? Not going to feel very good. And uh, would it be fair to say, come on, self, you need to toughen up. What's going on? You need to, you need to get with the program here. You know, I've, I've got a, you're not supposed to fail me like this. You're not supposed to get tired. You're not supposed to, to, to feel like you, you've got missing sugar. You're not supposed to get lightheaded. You're not supposed to have all of this. What's going on? You know, both of those examples, we, we understand that if we don't feed our car and if we don't feed ourselves, then we're going to run out and we're done at some point. And I believe that's true with us spiritually as well, is that God calls us to be people that heal and that teach. Now, we teach people through our lives, through our examples, through the things that we say on a daily basis. Whether we mean to or not, we do. We teach people around us. And we also, hopefully, are deliberate about bringing healing to people uh, around us. A kind word, encouragement, sometimes conviction that brings sin out of each other's lives, that brings us into a place of healing. But if we do that and we give 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 and we do not and are not deliberate about filling ourselves up, what happens eventually? We miss and it doesn't work well. Think about this. If I'm one that gives, 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 and never takes time out to go into solitary places like Jesus to recharge myself and to fill myself up, I don't do that. That's for weaklings. Yeah. That, that's for people that are not strong like me. Um, I can just push through. What happens when we give and give and give and we don't fill ourselves up, we ultimately become pretty bitter. We become pretty frustrated. We start to get really cynical because we forget why I am doing and giving and giving and giving. You see what happens? And that can happen to us. I've been there. I've been there when I've not been deliberate about withdrawing to lonely places at moments. Then I get imbalanced. All of us do. I run out of gas. That's what happens. And we see this in Jesus. Is that it says he often withdrew to lonely places. And he would do that in order to, to get recharged and to to listen to, to his father, to reflect on scripture, to pray, to, to just rest sometimes so that he could go back out and he could continue to teach and heal. Because if Jesus would have run out of gas, would he have been good to anybody else? No. 
And for you and I, if we run out of, out of spiritual nourishment and uh, continue to refill ourselves, then, then we miss out, then everybody else misses out around us as well. Same is true if I am one that is always withdrawing to lonely places and I'm never, I, I love to talk about all the good stuff that, that God's doing, but I don't teach the people around me and I don't work to heal the people around me, then I become really selfish. And spirituality is all about me, 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 what do I get? So all of that is in balance. So a day in the life of Jesus, maybe the question we ask is, how is Jesus able to, to fulfill this ministry and pursue? He's led by the Spirit. He allowed God to train him and teach him and, and work on him in the wilderness. Made the tough decisions with his family. And here he is. We see him going through life, teaching and healing, but also withdrawing so that he can be encouraged and so that he can, he can refresh himself. Okay, you see the, you see the, the balance there? Is that's pretty good idea for us. How do we approach God, making sure that, how do we approach life, making sure we're giving, but we're also receiving and, and uh, continuing to, to be filled up spiritually as well. And hopefully, whenever we come together on the Sunday morning or Wednesday nights or all, whenever our times come together, there's spiritual nourishment that comes from that, that helps build all of us up. All right, day in the life of Jesus. You notice the last phrase that he mentions there in this section. He said, he said I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Okay, we've touched on the kingdom of God. Big thing to understand and realize is that Jesus is going from the nation of Israel with physical borders, with a temple you can touch, to a people where God knows whose people are his and whose is not. And our job is to be a part of this kingdom and to, to help it continue to advance and to continue to grow and expand. That's the kingdom, the spiritual kingdom that Jesus is talking about. And he says, that's the purpose that why I was sent, to build this kingdom up and so to proclaim the good news. Do you remember last week when Jesus was in the, in the, sat, in the synagogue with his, the people that he grew up with? He goes back to Isaiah 61, and I'm going to read Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. About two years ago, we walked through this passage, but this is where it comes from. Jesus reads this in the synagogue. Last week we talked about that. And it says, this is part of the good news. Uh-oh. There we are. Okay. Here it is. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a, praise of, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Okay, part of that is what Jesus quotes when he's in the synagogue. And he says, all of this is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, I'm him. All of this that Isaiah was talking about, that's me. And if you continue to read in Isaiah, it says, after all of this, I'm going to bring the oil of joy instead of mourning. I'm going to give a crown of beauty instead of a crown of ashes. Ashes people put on their heads when they were mourning and they were, they were sad about something. and They'd put ashes in their head to show how angry and how, how desperate they were. God says, I'm going to put a crown of beauty on them. I'm going to put oil of joy instead of, instead of mourning all of this. Give them a garment of praise, this robe of praise, beautiful robe instead of a spirit of despair. And look what he says next. They will be called oaks of righteousness. Remember we talked about this about two years ago. Planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And so this good news that Jesus is bringing, his point and his purpose. He said, this is why I was sent. 
plant these seeds so that these great oaks of righteousness can grow up and be a display. This is the temple. You are going to be the temple. That's, that's what I want, these oaks of righteousness that are a great display. Because we can look at this temple here in Jerusalem. Yeah, it's beautiful, whatever. What's more beautiful is that when people become oaks of righteousness. We were talking about it in the young adult class for uh, today about this passage. We, we referenced it. And uh, one of the people brought up the difference between oaks grow slow. How many of you have an oak tree in your yard? Does anybody have one? We had one in Great Falls that was in a tree that was in a house that we had bought that the people that lived there before had planted it from a seed. It wasn't a sapling. They didn't buy a tree. They planted it from a seed. And it was 55 years old when we lived there, and it was about that big around. So they grow slow, especially in our climate. They grow slow. But they grow dense and they grow strong so that they can withstand all sorts of stuff. We have a lot of cottonwoods down the Gallatin River just here. Um, do cottonwoods have the same qualities, dense, firm, strong, last? No, that's not what happens, is it? If you've ever walked through a river bottom, there's oftentimes cottonwoods laying down somewhere. Most log jams that happen in rivers are what? Cottonwoods, that's what they are. Because they grow along the water there, they take, 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 take. And then if you've ever been, had the, the opportunity to cut down a big cottonwood, you know what the inside of it looks like? It's usually rotted out. Oftentimes they're rotted out, and it is a wood that is really, really soft. You can take your thumbnail, and you can press into it, and it just goes. It sinks. And so when winds come up, when storms come up, cottonwoods are known for falling. That's what they do. And they fulfill their purpose in life that, that, God, is, uh, that God created them for, holding stream banks together and all that. But you notice that God didn't say here, I'm going to make you into a people that will be my cottonwood of righteousness. My cottonwood of righteousness. What's going to happen is you're going to rot out from the core and you're going to fall down anytime a big wind comes up. You know, he used oaks for a reason. Oaks of righteousness that grow up, that are strong, that are dense, that fires come through, that winds come through, that whatever comes through, we're able to withstand because of this good news that God has brought. That Jesus is now, in Luke, bringing out to the community around him. I'm taking your burdens. I'm taking your sin. I'm going to give you joy. I'm going to give you peace. That's good news. That's good news that our world needs to hear. Today is, uh, is Orphan Sunday, and we're going to postpone a week so that we can think and pray about the contributions. And I know that the lifeline of hope that Kelvin Hoover, a friend from Livingston, he is uh, he's a spokesperson for, for this ministry. It's a ministry that supports orphanages all over the world. That have, and in those orphanages, people, these children are taught about Christ and taught to follow Him. And this church has been tremendously generous for, for that ministry for years. I know that Kelvin Hoover has come and, and uh, is presented at times. And so we wanted to give an extra week, because we didn't talk about it last week, uh, but give some extra time for us to think and pray about the contributions that each one of us wants to give personally, and we'll have that contribution next Sunday morning. And uh, we'll have that opportunity to give. Because there is, uh, children are the seedlings of righteousness, aren't they? They're not full oaks yet, but, but our job is to, to show them and teach them Christ so that they can turn into these great oaks of righteousness and be a beautiful testament to what God is all about, right? Isn't that what we're supposed to do? And so the Orphan's Lifeline is, or the Lifeline of Hope is, is one of those ministries that we can support in that way. But I want to talk about it, about children and, and, 
teaching them to become oaks of righteousness from a, from a different perspective as well. Uh, Sylvia and I and our kids were had the opportunity to go to the Bismarck Missions uh, workshop this last week. I, we left right after worship on Sunday, traveled, came back through all that nasty weather that was here on Wednesday. It was like that from Glendive all the way here. We traveled through it. It's nasty. We survived. Um, yeah, but it, was, it was pretty spooky for a bit. But God's good. We got here. And the Bismarck Missions Workshop, the, what it is, is it's, an, it's a workshop that church leaders from the eastern parts of Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, and, and over into to Minnesota come together at Bismarck and spend a few days there encouraging. And I was the director of the program this year. So my job was to, to plan the program, to get people to present and to share, share different things that were going to be encouraging and convicting and, and to all of us. And one of the things that came up in, uh, at the discussion there, and I was sitting at a table with some of the, the elders from Bismarck, and something they shared is they were sharing about something, a, a church that they were familiar with that had just recently gone through a, uh, they, they had to close their doors. This, this church is in a big city, lots of opportunity, but the church had, had just said, we're, we're done, closing doors, there's not many of us left, we're, we're, we're finished. And, and how heartbroken people were about that. And it seems to be, I don't know, but what one of the elders mentioned is that what happened, I think, is that some of the people that had been there a long time just did the same things, they always did the same things, did not allow other people, especially children, to come and help out with those ministries. And after 30 years, this is what happens. And so in the middle of all that, I saw that these Bismarck elders, they kept saying, we do not want to be that way. We want things to be so different here. And uh, one of the things that, blessing or curse or whatever, I think is a tremendous blessing, and, and, and the Bismarck Church thought of it as well, there is several ministers that are in Montana right now that are my age. And we have kids that are about the same age. And so Russell Epperson from, from Lewistown, Craig Ford from, from Billings, um, there was several others that all of us have kids that are about the same age. And so we decided we're going to take our kids this year. You know, if we're going, we're going to take our kids and wives and, and just... And we get there, and there's 20 kids there. And all, all these kids are running around. So the, the parents of the Bismarck started bringing their kids. Hey, we want our kids to hang out with, with you guys. And, and they didn't listen to many lessons. They played outside. They rolled around. They did all sorts of stuff. And, and one of the, the elders, one of the older guys there that I've known for a long time, he's retired military, and he stayed there. He told me, he said, this is so wonderful that all these kids are here. This is awesome. And, and you find out what the whether you're really on board with that when something goes wrong, okay? And there was, the kids were during the, the we did a, a sharing time to finish up on Wednesday morning, right before we jumped into the storm and headed back. Uh, and uh, one of the kids came in, and I missed all of this because I'm in my world, whatever, totally oblivious to what happened. And in the fellowship hall area, there was this gigantic pot of coffee that was full. You can see where this is going, can't you? Yeah. And uh, one of the kids comes in and grabs Sylvia and says, Miss Sylvia, we just dumped over the pot of coffee. It's everywhere. And from what I understand, it was absolutely everywhere. And Sylvia went back there. And Gary Klein, he's 82, I, I believe. He's back there 
with the kids, and the kids got paper towels. They're trying to clean it all up and everywhere. And, and kids, by the way, just as a side note, kids aren't the only ones that spill coffee. There was somebody during the elders and deacons meeting that spilled coffee in the office that I use today. Not to mention any names, Mark Morgan, so you can go give Mark grief about that. So it happens to the best of us, right? Absolutely. But what happened is, is Gary was down there with the kids, and he's cleaning up. The kids, I'm so sorry. He said, hey, this is okay. We learned from this. We probably shouldn't have kicked the coffee can or whatever it was. But he said is, I'm so glad that all of you kids are here because this is so important to be here, to be with the church, to learn to serve, to learn about God. you got this, you know, Gary's you know, big, strong hands. He was a pilot during Vietnam. He's got a silver star from flying during Vietnam. He's there helping clean up. Hey, is it okay, kids? This is great. This is, this is all right. We're going we're gonna to learn from this. This is fantastic. And from what I see, I wouldn't see it. I just heard about it. The response of the kids was, yeah, that, that's great. You know, Gary helped us clean up our mess. It was fantastic. What they saw from Gary is that when things went difficult, when things were awry, this oak of righteousness was right there saying, hey, it's fine, it's great, let's clean it up, let's work together, because that's what we do as Christians. There's no blaming, there's no... In- it's just, hey, let's, let's pick this up, let's work together. And what a, what a great... Uh, because that's... I want to do things right. And, and I share all of this to help, to, for us to, to think about, is we have tremendous opportunities... When we hear children crying, when we hear children screaming, when the children are excited, when children are here among us, we have a phenomenal opportunity that God places at our feet. And we continue to support the lifeline of hope. And let's continue to make sure, and I'm not saying that, man, I'm preaching the choir here, believe me. I see so much tremendous perspective in in how we we approach our children. Let's make sure that we always, always, always see the children as the seedlings of righteousness, that our job is to, to, to help them grow and to be these great oaks and to be a demonstration of God's great good news, that Jesus is going around preaching at this point in time in Luke. Oh, man, beautiful, beautiful stuff. So my prayer, my hope for all of us, we continue to pursue, no matter what age we are, to live the abundant life of Jesus and invite as many people to come in and live that life as, as possible as well. 5 p.m. tonight, Thanksgiving festival. If you'd like to become a Christian, you're welcome to um, go to the back. Or if you'd like prayers, elders are waiting in the back. They'd love to pray with you or walk you through and and, uh, share any burden that you've got going on in your life right now. Let's stand and sing together.